Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Men of Ann Arbor podcast. As always, I'm Stuart Douglas alongside Petey Sims. Petey, what's, what's up, man? Stu? What's How going doing, on, man? I'm doing good, man. Besides these losses, our school taken. I'm doing fine, man. Basketball, football, football's been crazy. Football's man. been crazy. I think our parlay. We'll get into. We might. Uh, I might throw you on the spot. We might do a parlay at the end. I don't. I don't think our parlay hit because I picked Odunze to score in the national championship game. <sighs> I thought there was there was no way he wouldn't, but Michigan's defense was just that no, ridiculous. Yeah. Now that I think about it, we did. I, I picked him to score two. I didn't win in the netty with that one because he didn't score. They couldn't get on the ball. Yeah, overall, we had some yeah, good we had picks. Some picks. We had yeah. some good picks. I think I think we were three fourths of the way there with Corum and Edwards. Okay. Yeah, I had I had a nice one with Corum and Edwards. A nice parlay. I didn't know Edwards was going to go for 100-plus, but that would have been a hell Man, of a bet. I, I spoke about it, but I, I didn't have the confidence to bet, but – Edwards showed out. All right, hit me with a hit me with the PD's coach's corner. What's the Pershing Doughboys update? What's the record? We'll start with that. What's what's the record? How's it been the last few weeks? The last few weeks has been good. We we're down to six players right now. So we've been making an adjustment, playing with six players. Um when it's, that's that's insanely hard. You know you know how hard it is. So we're playing with six players, but I think we're with six players, we three and one. We dropped the game over Christmas. Yeah, we dropped we dropped the Dang. game over the break. Um, to a good team, Saginaw Draymond Green School. Um, yep. Yeah. We, other than that, man, they still yeah, good. they still good. They still um, holding their ground in the state. But we just working out, man. I'm giving those guys a lot of development tips, and it's still the process. Yeah, you started off. People that don't know, Petey's coaching Persians, old high school, coaching the varsity team. But you started off, what, a week before the regular season started? So six kids now. The offseason is going to be huge for you guys. I feel like you're going to have, like, a big imprint on these kids in the offseason. And then also just getting kids to come out for the team. I mean, trying to get kids to come play basketball. Six kids is is nuts. I went to – my high school was, like, 4,000-plus. And we had to like cut seniors. Like that's how many kids that wanted to come out. So six, I can't even imagine. Now that's like that's John Beeline's heaven right there. All he needs is six guys. But For sure. in high school, you need about eight, nine, ten yeah, at Stu least. It's been it's been so tough. But like you said, you hit it right on the nose. The summer, I get these guys going to these all these university camps around here. I know Toledo has a camp, Western, U of M, Michigan State, um, Cleveland State. So just get them familiar with basketball being great again in the city. Six kids is that just says a lot to how important it has been in the city the last couple of years. So it's about bringing that back. Yeah. We need a resurgence for sure. Yeah, slowly but surely for you'll sure. get there. You'll figure it for out. Sure. Um, let's get into Michigan basketball. The big win. We're recording this the day of the Ohio State win. Um, it's been a rocky road the last three or four games, really beyond that, since Juwan's come back coaching full-time, being the head coach. But today looked looked really good. I, I thought, obviously, it helps to have Doug back. But I was – I'm very hopeful with the way they played defensively and how hard they played. We talked about it before on the podcast. Take that next step. Just take one step forward and making less mistakes and focusing just a little bit more. And I thought, to me, 
there was stretches there where they didn't, you know, they hadn't made a lot of mistakes. But like today, I thought defensively was one of their best games, if not their best game. And offensively, I think they were just fine, and they came in with a with a win against a good team. You know, Ohio State's a real good team, and you know, we 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 haven't had our best luck the last six games. You know, um, of course, losing to Maryland, but there is some yeah, luck, some luck. Man. But you know. And, of course, this is a podcast where me and you played, so we are very familiar with college basketball. So, you know, today's win was kind of like that win where you've been down on your luck. Everybody kind of just pulled it together, went that extra inch for each other. And, you know, that's a thing that, you know, if you can capitalize off of it, it can string along, you know, for the future. But it's also that thing that kind of like adrenaline thing is not – it's not real, you know. It's, it's things that you do just for that period or that game, you know. We just need to make that our um, game plan going forward, you know, going the extra step. Yeah. That's how I feel. It it, it was like – where's this tweet? Greg Waddell, Michigan has led at halftime, all right, for four consecutive games. This is actually – now it's five consecutive games. They were outscored in the second half by an average of 14 points a game and didn't win any of those games. So this was huge. This was huge for the boys to see a win. It's like seeing the ball go through the net, right? Like get to the free throw line. It was like it was like the game-winning equivalent of that. They needed to see a win where they could pull it out in the second half, and they gave up a 16-0 run. I mean, it looked like they were going to repeat it again, but they stayed focused. <laughs> I mean, they had a stretch there of making like just – dumb mistakes and playing sloppy Jalen came on the uh it was bad timing Jalen came on we didn't mention the whole fab five was there obviously that's big news for Juwan and for Michigan it's always fun to see that but Jalen came on the live broadcast and obviously like to talk about himself talk about his relationship with Juwan Michigan and whatever else and then it coincided with the 16-0 run for Ohio State so it was just pretty pretty bad time it was just pretty kind of comical and just kind of a microcosm of the season but Jalen's like, it's just Ohio State playing harder, and that and that's it. And I was like, I mean, maybe in some spots, but I don't think always the big issue is Michigan is the guys playing harder. I don't think they – I don't. I just don't think that's their issue. I think it's just being sloppy and executing the rotations. And today they came through. I mean, I think Ohio State missed some threes that they had open looks on in the first half and battle just – didn't have a great game. Shout out to Terrence Williams. So Battle is the best shooter in the Big Ten, and especially at that volume, 47% from three this year. Now it's dropped probably a little bit after this game because of how well I think T. Will guarded him. I mean, he still has some open looks and rotations. But overall, I thought they did a pretty good job of blanketing where they needed to blanket and letting guys who they didn't think were going to kill them, you know, get a little more opportunities. Um, and they just looked like a more complete basketball team through the tough stretches. Offensively, I have some issues, but I don't know. It looked like the togetherness that we've been kind of talking about, PD. It's it's like they can they can build on this from going forward. Yeah, and that's the thing. They have to build on this, you know. Going back you, you have, have to, to going back over the film, um, you know, look at those key points and those key moments in the game where you made the transition. Like you say, they went down, they they sustained the sixteen oh run. So you know, and that's yep. huge in college basketball. You know, you get those type of – you can sustain those type of runs. That lets you know 
team chemistry is there. You know, you have that fight in that wheel. So putting this together going forward, um, I think we could turn this around if that's the problem. Yeah, and it's well, – we didn't really talk about Doug's suspension. He's suspended for six away games. He's already or, – or, or some people have been reporting that's indefinite. He already missed the Maryland away game. Basically, he was going to be ruled ineligible from what I understand. I don't know if this is public knowledge or not, what's being reported, but he's going to be ruled ineligible based off GPA and then one – Professors letting him do extra work or make up work that he missed, whatever the case may be. So Michigan, so he's not that that grade doesn't have been turned in from what I understand. So his GPA is still from all the grades being turned in are is still good enough to play from NCAA eligibility standpoint. But Michigan's suspending him because obviously he slipped on that. And so they're suspending him for the road games. It looks unorthodox. People are kind of laughing at it. I really don't mind it, if I'm being honest with you. Like you don't, you don't have to suspend him, technically, but you're going to suspend him for the road games for accountability um, because, you know, then you, when you go on the road, you're taken away from class, taken away from assignments, yada, yada, yada. You don't really want to do any schoolwork on the road anyways as it is, but it just gives them more opportunities to make up work and focus on academics a little bit. So I don't really mind it. It's very unorthodox, and Joanna's done a number of unorthodox things this year, like letting Phil coach the game at the Palestra, which is still beyond me. But um, it, it's a big difference watching them with Doug and without, even though I thought that most of our guys carried the weight today. Uh, Olivia and Kama look like a young PD Sims, bro. Yeah, that jumper was going. Today he was man. getting the post-ups, getting the midi. That midi was going today. That midi was going today. Yeah. But, you know, Doug is still the head of the snake, so losing him going forward yeah. still is going to be – I haven't seen thus far a guy of that caliber on that team that can take his spot. And, you know, that's when we're really going to need each other to pull together and rally um, because without your head of the snake, it's going to be hard. And in the Big Ten – you know, coaches feed on that, and that's part of the game plan. Cut off the head of the snake. So, yeah. we'll see, man. Uh, I'm scared about that. I was laughing about – I was thinking about, like, academic eligibility and kind of the expectations from us at Michigan, right? Like, you got to go to class. You got to do your classes. I mean, I'm not going to say who, but every program has kids and – people that will write papers for people, you know, it happens at every program. Okay. This is, that's not new. It happens everywhere, but I think Michigan was still had held to a pretty high standard. I think Beeline expected a lot and he had no idea that was going to push me sure. right through my group. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> you need some help. So, but I was laughing because we actually play with a guy and I won't name his name. You and me play with him overseas. So there's, there's a number of those guys. Um, but I remember asking him like, do you like, what's the, academics like at this school because I thought they weren't very good and he's like yeah I didn't go to class at all like I didn't do any school and it kind of showed really nice guy but it kind of showed and I was like damn dude like there are some schools or at least there were there's some programs where you can just get away with not and I'm sure some guys try even at the best programs like Harvard even had a a cheating scandal like back when I was in, in I think one of my last two or three years 
So, I mean, it happens everywhere, but it's still funny to me. Like, we, we get hung up on these academics, but it's becoming less and less, man. With this NIL and with maybe with revenue sharing, whenever that happens, like, the academics part, the requirements, I feel like, are just going to be – they might be a little more relaxed. That might even be like a legality thing where you become an employee and now you're going to mandate that I get grades. Like, no, that's an extracurricular thing in terms of – what my first focus is, which is being a basketball player. So I don't know. I feel like that's going to change. Man, a the NCA ain't going to come in on you still. You, you, you're in hot territory now. Man. <laughs> I'm man, saying, too, saying much. too much. No, because I've seen some girls from LSU. I think I read they stopped going to class because of their name and likeness. They didn't have time for people to, um, I really? think it was Angel Reese. Yep. It was Angel Reese in the beginning of the season, think- but they also came back to, you know, say she has a, Low GPA, you know, but she's also making a million dollars in NIL. Regardless, you know, like you said, Doug is the head of the snake and it starts with him. I think he had a a slow start today. He had a slow start in the OSU game. Finished it out great, really great. But it does start with them. You saw it in the Maryland game. That was obviously a big letdown. I thought they should have beat Maryland. Maryland looked like trash. I don't, I don't understand Maryland. And then turn around and beat Illinois, even though Illinois is without Terrence Shannon, obviously. But back to my point with Doug, it, it's he's a huge part of the offense and runs everything. But I noticed something today I want to get your opinion on is that there was a lot, a lot of post-ups. It was probably the most posting up attempts and post-up feeds and post-up shots whether it was turnaround jumper or getting to the paint, than any other game this year. I don't. I can't think of another one. And Olivier had a pretty good game. Like I said, he looked like a young PD. Um, I love the the midi from him. And he's got to shoot the three with more confidence because he's a lot better than than two for eight. But th- it was clogging the paint quite a bit, and and I did not agree with it. And especially maybe Olivier, I'm not letting Terrace post up twenty times a game. Like he is a dump off dunker a dump-off finisher, you should not be in the middle of the paint when Doug has the ball. If it's on a semi-break and Doug has the ball jogging up the court, if I'm the defender, if I'm guarding Doug, that's terrifying. You know how fast Doug is and he's coming at you in a straight line and you don't know which way he's going? It's impossible to guard. And as soon as you clog the paint and you and like he doesn't even look at the paint. I mean, he was giving his defender breathers, Doug was, because he couldn't even get in the paint. He's like, well, I'm not even going to try because it's going to be impossible. Sure. So I love the post-up. I do. Like, we fed you the same way we fit. they're feeding Olivier. I'm all for it. But there's got to be a point where you got to get in the paint, man. Like, if Manny never got in the paint when we played, we'd be a totally different team. Like, you, you got to inside out, inside out all the time. That's where a lot of your threes should come from. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It, it's a balance there for sure. But, I mean, what do you think? Are you, are you posting up Terrace that much? You know, they seem – Doug wasn't, you know, he had a slow start. Um, good players always have slow starts. So I guess five losses in a row. Juwan definitely, you know, had to mix it up and go on more to live. You think he was calling it? I can't hear you. You think he was calling like those post ups? Like that was a focus? It looked like it. Almost. it looked, yeah, it definitely looked like it. And, you know, in college, you're just not posting up or you're just not doing anything. As far as a freelance, most are th- most of the plays are are called, and you know Olivia is cool, short corner, but I don't think Terrence is ready to play 
that short corner, and he just claws up the paint, like you said before, more of a dish off, um, dunker off a pass. But Doug is the catalyst. He has to be able to get in that paint. So I think it was what you say. That's the thing. Over yeah. 30 post-ups, and there's just too much. Like, unless, you know, if Terrace is going to get it, what, what game was that, man? He had a career game. Damn, I can't remember. But, Tennessee? No, it wasn't Tennessee. Oh. No, it was like three or four games ago. Anyways, they were feeding him. He was finishing. He was finishing the post. You know, he'll make some good moves, but in terms of, like, it's not that he's not capable it's that what's where's the highest percentage? And it's when Doug gets in the paint, there's a really high percentage that they're going to get an open three. For sure. And they've been shooting the ball well. Shot the shot the ball really, ball really well from three against OSU. But when they get it to Terrace, and when they get it to Libya, if I'm being honest, it's going to be a shot. Like it's going to be a, a a shot from both of them. Uh, a couple games ago, they got double teamed. Um, man, I'm just blanking on who we were playing. Some team was double teaming them every possession which is uncommon for them. And then, you know, they could move out of that. I thought they did a pretty good job of figuring out that pass. But every time that they get in the post, these teams are playing them one-on-one. And they, they maybe they'll come after Olivier now. Uh, Penn State, thank you. I mean, Penn State was doubling a lot. Maybe they'll come after Olivier a lot. You know, he was still only 9 for 21 this game, I think, if I'm looking at that correct. Well, he shot eight threes. Yeah, which is – that's true. That's true. So, from the post, is more efficient from the midi, but – um, I mean, I'm not sure what Terrace went for. Terrace was two for nine. All right. And a lot of that was some post-ups. There were some other dump offs that he just kind of mishandled down low. Olivier was seven for 13 from two pointer. So that was good. That was pretty good. But again, you're not getting anything else out of it. And if you're only doing that, then it gets repetitive. Other guys get out of the mix. I thought, they didn't tilt over into too much. I thought in the second half, Doug still got enough shots. Um, he still finished with 15, three for six from three, which is huge. Three point or two pointers weren't working great. T Will, shout out T Will, man. Five for five from three. Just one of his best games of the year. He is, to me, underratedly like the most important player they have. And because he's just super consistent, he makes the least amount of mistakes offensively. He is Rebound. one of the best shooters yeah. in Big Ten play, I think, for the season. He, he's shooting over 40% from three. I mean, they had got a complete game from a lot of guys, and that was that was huge for them today. And it's, it goes underrated. Like, you're going to look at Olivier, and you're going to look at Doug, and T.Y. like, oh, yeah, great, hit, hit five threes. That's awesome. But to me, his value goes way beyond that, way beyond that. And so you needed a performance like this from him to win this game. And I don't know. It just kind of goes underrated, unsung. But the offense, I think, again, you got to find that balance somewhere. I mean, we couldn't – We, <laughs> I say that, though. We tried to feed you about 20 times a game. But that was different. We're like, 20. if we gave you the ball, we're like, yeah, PD, PD's going, going to work. Like, PD's going to get a bucket. Now we probably didn't feed you enough, you think. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I, my time in Michigan, man, it was – you know, I did. That's why I say that had to be a scheduled post up or a call play because you're just not posting up. You know, if the coach don't. That's, and that's what it seems like here. Like we never really had that. We we cleared it out and like we were going to run a ball screen. Mm-hmm. And for you, 
we'll post up maybe too much. Maybe we should have gone to it, you know, more at the end of shot clock. But here it's like random, you know, ball screen. Somebody's driving. There's one possession where Doug, Olivier set a ball screen for Doug. Olivier popped to the top of the corner, touched the top of the key, caught the ball, drove to the paint, and Terrace was posting up in the middle of the paint like this. And his man was easily just sloughed off him and then contested the layup. It was, uh, I don't know, a real big dude. So he, he, blocked, he had a couple blocks today and intimidated the shot, rightfully so, and it was off. And, like, Terrace doesn't have awareness that, like, he shouldn't even be in there. Yeah. Or, like, as soon as he starts driving, you need to move, seal off the next man because you know your man's going to go help. When you know your man's going to go help, find the next guy that's coming over to help seal him off either for offensive rebound or for a dump-off pass. But they're just, like, this much far away from figuring that stuff out. So, I don't know. I still don't know. I still think you got to let Doug cook a little more in the in the pick and roll. But – they got to be more efficient with when they're getting into it because it still seems kind of slow. Like they're not like setting screens really. I feel like Beeline would kill you if you weren't set if you weren't like actually setting screens. You know, we recorded it. You know, even in practice, if you didn't hit the man, if it was a legal screen, whether you didn't hit the man or it was a legal screen, you had to pay for it either way. You know, so yeah, attention to detail, even little things like you say, being able to be in a lane, but also create space for the driver um, for him to pass the ball, kick it to you, and your defender not to be so, you know, efficient. Yeah. No, that's it, uh, it's just the little things here and there. And they haven't executed well. The other side of it is they have not executed super well. And so post-up, like, you at least know they're going to get a shot. They had a lot of turnovers in that Maryland game, way too many in the first half. Not not too many in the second half, but again, it was just kind of like apprehension. They weren't really running anything smoothly or crisply. So I don't know. Maybe if they're not going to do that, then yeah, post up's going to be the best bet. It's like, well, at least we'll get a shot. We won't turn it over. But we saw today uh, the bench was still light. Like Will played 15 minutes. Jace made a comeback. I thought Jace played well. That was great to see. Jace had eight minutes. There's a stretch there in the first half where I thought Jace was a part of, I think it was like four or five, six-minute stretch where they were playing the best defense I'd seen all year. So that was fun to see from Jace. I think he's still getting his foot in. There was one possession where Doug came off a screen going from the top of the key to the right, and Jace was in the left corner. And so Jace's man was helping all the way over, right? And Jace was wide open. Could have had a wide open three, but instead he kind of like snuck like to the short corner, and Doug thought he was going to be in the corner. And uh, you got to be there. Just kind of threw it to the corner. Yeah, it was just threw it out of bounds. And it was like, where are you going? But Jace was like, he'll get comfortable shooting that three again. Like, mm-hmm. it's his first game back. It was good to see. He looked, I think he looked good defensively, making some good bumps. There's still some quicker reads he's got to get used to. You got to get, it's tough, man. It's tough to miss. How many games have they played? 17, 18 games, 17 games. He missed every single one, basically, besides preseason. That's tough. Yeah, really but I think he, I think he could be a huge reason they they make a push at the end. They need they need some more bench production. Yeah, man, the the bench, you know. But if the coach goes light, you know, it's only because you know he 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 doesn't believe. So either the guys step up, or you just need to put it's some true. more belief in your bench as a coach. Um, I I'm going through that now. 
I look down at the bench and I just know there guys I just can't put in. And what I've been saying to my guys is this basketball is not a democracy. It's a dictatorship. Your game dictates if you're going to play or not. So I'm not obligated to put you in. Juwan's not obligated to put those guys in. When you win, if those minutes are productive and you you know you do something with them, it will show. Am I right or wrong? So, no, you're you're totally right. Everybody asks all the time, you know, why don't they play so and so? It's like because he doesn't trust them. Plain <laughs> and simple, he play if he trusts him. That's basically it. It is kind of weird. It's funny you said a, a dictatorship. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen the, the movie Bring It On. It was a, a cheerleading yeah, movie. Yeah, for sure. There's a quote there that said, this is not a, a, a cheerocracy. This is a cheer-tatorship or something like that. <laughs> yeah, man. Anyways, that's it's an old it. saying, but it, I, I, yeah. I, I put it. It's true. I mean. If he doesn't, if he doesn't trust you, he's not going to play you. Beeline was definitely like that. I, I do think that Juwan's got to fight that a little bit. Like, Jalen has to play. I think you have to get Jalen going. Jalen was going against Maryland. Yep. He was getting his confidence back. He got a he couple started, shots blocked. Yeah. He missed some shots. But maybe he doesn't have quite the quickness there yet, but that is still like neuromuscular, okay? And what I mean is you have to push yourself. Robbie Hummel actually talked about it on the, the Maryland broadcast. And he's like, I had to get knocked down and like really hit hard in my first game back to be like, oh, okay, I'm fine. My knee will be fine. And then he let loose. And I don't think Jalen's there. I, don't, I think it's pretty obvious that he has not been there because he's not playing. And he's the he definitely has the caliber and the talent and the veteran presence and intelligence to play, at least play 10 minutes at minimum. And he played a lot against Maryland, quite a bit. Now it worked out. They won against OSU and he played, what, two minutes? But I think going forward, like, you got to play him. Like, you can't just go from Maryland and then the next game just because Doug is back, excuse me, not play him. For sure. You got you to get him comfortable. Like, they need they need minutes off the bench. This has been a huge issue for them is the fatigue. They have really great first halves, and then they lose the second half. It was four games in a row before OSU of 14 points. They lose by 14 points. Last four games in the second half. By that's fatigue. What does fatigue cause? Lack of focus. Sloppiness. And you're fouling, and then you're you're giving up open shots. You're giving up uh, fouls, uh, you know, like shooting fouls. You're giving up, then you lose confidence. Um, you know, you might have a bad stretch of shooting because you're trying. It just is a domino effect down the down the line. I mean, again, we why Beeline was successful playing six or seven guys is because we played very slow, very slow. But if you want to play a free-flowing offense, like Beeline restricted our offense. We played slow. We ran through it. We didn't get a lot of shots, a lot of possessions. If you want to play a free-flowing offense, you got to play more guys or they're just going to get tired. I mean, it's plain and simple. You're going to get at the end. You're going to have guys just – and all you need is a half step. You, you beat a guy by a half step in basketball, you're like, oh, hell yeah, this is wide open, right? Like that's all you need. If you can outlast the other guy, wear him down – I mean, eventually you're going to get open looks at the end and, and the other team's going to make mistakes. So I don't know. It, it just goes a long way. And so you kind of have to fight yourself on that trust sometimes. You're like, all right, I got to play this guy for energy purposes because my my kids need some some breathing room and they need some more energy down the road. Now, high schoolers, I feel like 
don't get tired. Like you, you just keep going. That might be a little different. And, and college kids, you know, they say don't get tired, but like these guys get exhausted. Yeah, that's going to be important, man. And for going into the rest of the Big Ten with the Doug out, how important do you think it is for will Jalen use these games to actually go through his grunt? I mean, you know, get some time and some minutes to be able to show what he can do. I think it's pivotal for him, but I hope so. You know, and I think it will help lift in the bench if he can find the time or the, you know, he can find his groove. Yeah. He need to find his groove in these games that Doug is out, so so that Jawan can feel more comfortable trusting him. Yeah, I a thousand percent. Like Trey's been out. Trey's hurt, so he missed the game against OSU. That's a big bench player that you're missing. Um, I love him still. Oh, yeah. He, give, he, he can be freak, freak talent. Oh, he got another guy that you got to get. You got to put in position to yes, succeed for sure. Now I'm, I'm still hoping for a little more defensively out of him. He will get it. He will I get think, it. I think he has it. I think there's a little bit more focus there. Um, but he, I mean, he can give you 20 off the bench, which is huge, and it's um, something they've been missing. They've had it. Uh, Jawan's first year, man, I'm blanking. The kid was good, and he just came in super confident. That it, it's huge in college basketball to have that off the bench. So, Will's been good with that. It would just be nice to have more confident players in there that you can trust. And I think part of that is playing Jalen. Like right now, to me, the path to the tournament for them is winning the Big Ten tournament. Right? Am I wrong? Like unless you win out all the Big Ten games, but they got to win the Big Ten tournament in my mind. No. You gotta win a tournament, and yeah. we 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 face that, and you know how hard that is. But you know, if you can get that chemistry, put together some wins at the end of you know, I mean, this next stretch of the Big Ten, you can possibly get enough momentum to actually compete for a Big Ten tournament title. You know, I've seen yeah. it happen. I've seen it happen. So it's just about growing now. Um, the situation with Jawan, from his health to his coaching future, we don't know. I think we're at a point where we just have to – a situation with Doug, too. We have to buckle up and figure out what's going to be the next step for us to take to get better. A thousand percent. And if I'm Jawan, my only shot at keeping my job, because they're not – I would highly doubt they get rid of him during the year. I think he, sure. he could lose the rest of the games. I don't see that happening. So his only shot of keeping his job is to win the Big Ten tournament, go to the tournament, make some noise, somehow make a run, whatever. Maybe get a commit from a five-star kid coming in or, or somebody in the portal right after this season is over. I don't know, but it's going to take a lot. But that's their only hope, and you have to develop the rest of the team, and that's part of the bench, and that's part of getting Jalen in there, getting Jace back reacquainted, getting Trey healthy. But like that bench is going to be huge going forward to be a huge part of their team. Like they can't have, they had a lineup with Doug, Terrace, Olivier, and then Jason Jalen in there at the same time. And not that Jason Jalen are not capable. Okay. That's not what I'm trying to say, but you're putting two players in there that are still getting acquainted, reacquainted with the game and with the team, two players at the same time. You're just more, you're more likely when you're getting reacquainted with the team, you're more likely to make some mistakes or not be aggressive offensively, okay? You're still finding your confidence. So when you put two players together that are more likely to do that, 
into a lineup in the second half when they haven't when they didn't play that in the first half. It just kind of throws me off a little bit. I don't fully understand it, um, and especially in a game where I think of all players. T-Will could probably give you the most minutes. Now, they played Doug 39. He played the most. And then Namari and Olivier played 37 each. I, th- I think t- I think Terrence could play 40 minutes. I think he's the one guy that you can keep in there all the time and then rotate through. Um, so, I don't know. It, that part was just confusing. I think they had to figure that out. I think that's a lot on assistant coaches as well. Maybe Jawan's not listening to them as a rotation. And he's still figuring on the fly, right? Like, Trey's out. Jace just came back. Jalen, they're still trying to work in the mix. They can't figure out something's going on there with him, right, mentally. Um, and then Will is Will. They got Will. So, I don't know. They're still figuring it out, but that's a, that's a thing that they need to shore up. Like, they need an identity going forward, and that's been my big issue. Are they posting up all the time? Are they running ball screens? Are they going to adjust from game to game? Maybe. Are they going to have guys coming off the bench a certain amount of minutes? Like, is T-Will going to get shots? Like, there's certain things where they're still figuring themselves out a little bit, um, that just kind of worry me, but you know, John's only been coaching the head coach, technically the head coach for only so many games. So I don't know. Are you giving him a pass on some of these things because of that? Yeah. So I was going to ask you how I think that has a lot to do with it. Um, coming back, you know, everything is about rhythm and chemistry. So no matter what, how, if I miss some time, you miss some time, Doug miss some time. It doesn't matter. If someone misses some, t- uh, some time in a group and is added back into the group, it's going to be some type of time for that chemistry to come back. And we talk about yeah. the head coach. We talk about the catalyst. We talk about everything. So right. I know my morale is different when I play for the head coach opposed to assistant coach, whether it's good or bad, you know. So it's – I know I'm listening. To yeah, a, sometimes, sometimes it can be good. Sometimes it can be bad. I'm listening to a head coach different from – the air that I'm listening to assistant coach at. So it's all those things. Unless you respect the assistant coach more. No, no, no. Unless you respect the assistant coach more, but it's still the fear of the position and the head coach, because at the end of the day, this is the person making the rules, but you know, we got all those things added up. We don't know why, but we got all those things added up. So if we don't, you know, at least give it a chance to work. And I don't think we gave it a, good enough chance. And I say we, meaning like the people from the outside looking in, you know, we need to give it a chance to work. So Jawan health has been big. Jalen mentioned it. Uh, and we all must be aware of that. Yeah. I feel bad, man. I, I feel, I do feel bad for Jawan that he had this heart issue in the timing with the talent. Cause we saw at the beginning of the year, like the talent on this team, they were, they were top 25 offensive team. I think even higher than that. I don't even know where they were at. Maybe top 10, top 15. I mean, not in scoring, but like in efficiency as well. So like they had a lot of potential here to figure it out. I don't know exactly what happened after that. You know, we've had some issues with Doug. Um, I would, I'd pay, a, I'd pay a good amount of money to be in those practices, be a fly on the wall and like see it unfiltered. What's going on in those practices, what the culture is like. Are they teaching the kids that, you know, we keep talking about all these mistakes we keep talking about? Are they are they going over these things? Are they emphasizing them in film? So we'll just never know. We talked about it before on the podcast. We'll just literally never, ever know exactly what's going on. We'll get some reports, and I'm sure you'll, you'll filter in rumors from kids and parents to the media. But I, I saw this stat. <laughs> okay. 
So somebody asked Ant Wright, former teammate, you know, what path do they have to the NCAA tournament? And he's like, you know, Big Ten tournament, that's it. But he pointed this out. They have a top 10 point guard in the Big Ten. I would agree. They have a top 10 power forward in Olivia in the Big Ten. I would agree. They have a top five shooter in the Big Ten from three. Uh, Terrence Williams is third in percentage on four plus attempts a game. Um, number one player in offensive efficiency. And then I think that's maybe um, Terrence's field goal percentage, or I'm not really sure what that is. But and then a solid two-way guard in, in Namari. So they're, they're good enough. They have the talent. But it's just been the defense and the, and the collapsing. So I am still going to hold out hope. Everything I think we were holding our breath with the rumors that Doug was going to be out for the rest of the season. I think that would have just imploded everything. But this team has the ability, you know, unless Purdue is just on one and they really want to win the Big Ten tournament, like for some reason they're always going for it. But I don't know. I'm still going to watch every game looking for small improvements. No, like I'm still holding out hope here, at least a little bit, until you just absolutely crush my soul. But I still I still enjoy watching this team. Uh, some people might call that masochism, but I, I still I still enjoy these kids, and, I, and I'm still rooting for them. And, I, and they still have the talent in my eyes. I mean, it's right there. Yeah, so just getting through the growing pains, we all had them as college athletes. Um you know, I'm very empathetic um, when it comes to these situations from being on the outside. You know, I understand, but you still got to get shit done, man. Things still, yeah. you know, even with Juwan, you still have a job. Every player on that court has a job. And if that job is not fulfilled, we all have to answer to someone. So, you know, hopefully yeah. we take that time. Empathy can only last so long. Yeah. And we are. We're empathetic to Juwan, but like the writing's on the wall now. Whatever we think or not, like there's no way he's not gone unless something gets turned around miraculously. It's unfortunate. And I do, I think we both empathize with him and like the struggles of being a coach and just college basketball and all the pressures. But it's just unfortunate. I think he's just gotten to that point where I think Ward Manuel is just going to be forced to make a decision. So we'll see. And is it fair? No. Uh, maybe. Maybe from what I've heard and what you've seen, like there are some mistakes that fall on Juwan, but there's a lot of things that have been unfair with the health. Um, losing players like Taryn Shannon and Caleb Love, that's not fair. But it is what it is. You can only you can only evaluate what you have in front of you. So I don't know. It's been a absolute roller coaster. I'm excited to continue watching. They got a big game coming up versus Illinois at home. Huge. I don't think Taryn Shannon is gonna come back. Illinois has been up and down, man. They got talent. They were ranked 10th before they just lost to Maryland. Um, you would think that they would have ran through Maryland. So they're vulnerable for sure if Michigan can play tight. But that would be an unbelievable win that I think they can get. Um, but going forward, like, give me, before we get out of here, give me, give me a focus you want to see for Michigan to steal one from Illinois, even though it's at home. You know, that's wrote home dogs or Wolves, or something like that, whatever Greg Wattell says. But at home, a dog against Illinois, I think they got a shot. What do you want to see from Michigan? Um, with Doug being out, Doug will be out the next game, right? No, no, he'll be there, home game. Okay, yeah, it's a home game. So, uh, well, yep. let Doug be Doug. Um, those guys played great um, today. They picked up the slack in the Ohio State game. You know, 
that type of spirit around winning a game, you know, especially being at home. Yeah. Still, you know how it is. You you get like a extra angel over your shoulders. You know, you plan for your crowd. You know, you might have some family in attendance. And after losing a couple games, you know, and winning this one, that you get more um, excited to go out and play a team like Illinois. Um, so I just think we have to come out with that morale. You know, our spirit has to be yeah, build on this, yeah, build on, building on it for sure. Can't think nothing less yeah. than building on it. And I think that starts with the players. I think the players have to make a choice and, and rally around each other. And you'd be like, all right, we're in a situation no one believes in us at all whatsoever. Let's just rally together and hold each other accountable. And it's not easy to do. It's not easy to do in this situation when you got guys coming in on the rotation, but I think they can do it. I think they can carry this momentum forward. So I'm excited to see it. I think my key, a couple of things. I think Olivier has to outplay Hawkins. I think that's huge. I think when Hawkins has big games, it carries Illinois in a lot of ways. Like he can create for others. He has some big assist games, gets other people going. Um, he's very emotionally driven players. So if he's playing well, that's that's big for them. And I think that I want to see Terrence Williams on Domask. Domask. I can't remember. I don't know how you pronounce his name. But white dude from Illinois that's been having some big games. Uh, I, I'm, I think they might put Namari on him, but he's a big guy. I'm worried about Namari getting in foul trouble. Uh, Domas getting to the line. Namari just being crafty. And I think T-Will is your solid 6'6 guy. You can match him with the height. Match him inside. Uh, Domas doesn't really want to shoot threes. So I don't know. I'm curious to see what that matchup is going to be. But I really would like to see Terrence on him and try and shut him out. But those are two of my keys. I think there's two players there. Obviously, they have a lot of talent. Illinois does. But um, if you can keep putting pressure on them offensively and then really key on those two guys, you know, not letting them get everyone else involved because those are the two catalysts for their offense. So cut the head off of their snake. It's kind of a bit of a two-headed snake there. So those are the keys. But I don't know. I think it'll be fun. It's uh, – when is that? The 19th or the 18th? 19th. Yep. That was the 18th. So Thursday. Okay, big game. Big game Thursday. We'll be tuning in. And then Purdue on the 23rd. Um, I know we're definitely going to record for the Michigan State game on January 30th. But we pre- appreciate everybody listening. Pete, you got anything else to end here? Um, we got this, Wolverines. We got this. Jawan, we got your back. As long as you're in that seat, we got just your so back. positive. No, no, we we got this, man. I've seen teams come back and rally and win a tournament. So you have to have faith into the last the last bit. So I, I do agree with that. It's it's not unprecedented, and the last thing you want is for these kids to, to buy in that the season is done. And that is a that is a big part of my issue with the things these kids can read on X and on Instagram. And it's counterintuitive for Michigan for a Michigan fan to go on social media and say, season's done, cooked, fire the coach, get rid of the players, and then get upset every game. And then also think that, you know, their fandom is important, right, to the to to the energy. And it's like you, you can't be doing both. Like you need these these guys need to believe they need as much support as possible, even when it's tough. That's when you need the most support. So please, God, if you're listening, 
fans do not just trash talk these guys relentlessly on Twitter. You can give constructive criticism, but like these kids will read things. Okay, so it's it's not unprecedented for them for that for things online to affect kids. So just I always implore people to be cognizant of that. But um, that's it. We're signing off. We will see you next time. Find us. Everywhere you listen to podcasts, Men of Ann Arbor podcast, uh, Beyond the Big Ten, um, 10 is 1-0 on social media. Follow us, you know, ask us questions. Uh, we keep putting clips out there. I know we didn't begin the season super great with that, but we're getting a little better and hopefully get more involved. Shout out to Amir, doing a lot better with that. So uh, appreciate everybody listening. Um, until next time, we'll see you all later.